Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Purple Insider presented by Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com slash insider and learn about the tall boy can, which actually has water. Find out where you can get it near you at liquiddeath.com slash insider. Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and this is a Raggets Roundtable. We haven't had it in a while. Sports Illustrated's Will Raggets and our guest on the Raggets Roundtable, Alec Lewis from The Athletic. And I'm going to pass it over to you because off the air we had plenty of ideas for this and where we wanted to go. And I'm going to make it entirely your call, Will, what you want to make the show about. Go ahead. Well, I think we should kind of utilize the idea that you presented which was we're coming out of the bye week and the Vikings are 5 and 1 and they have they're in a really good position in the NFC but there are a lot of things that maybe haven't gone super super well or some underlying metrics that indicate they've overachieved by winning these close games so uh, i think at least to start we are going to kind of ask the Vikings or plead with the Vikings uh, might we say for various things that we want to see going forward that might help them sustain the success and win games and maybe make it a little bit less kind of nerve-wracking at the end against bad teams. So I will start, and one thing that I want to see the Vikings do more of, and I think this is kind of an obvious one if you watch this team and look at the numbers, is hit explosive passes and and throw the ball deep. Like Kirk Cousins, somebody tweeted out a stat where he is throwing the ball 15 or more air yards like 7% of the time. It's towards the bottom of the league. And his success rate when doing that is is really good. And he's had success with that throughout his whole career. You go back to his Washington days when he had Deshaun Jackson. Uh, in 2019, the first year I was on this beat, I mean, the Gary Kubiak offense, they were throwing it deep to Stephon Diggs all the time, and that worked incredibly well. Kirk Cousins off the boots, off play action. Like, that's a skill that he really has. Hasn't been utilized this year. And a part of that is this whole Vic Fangio too-high defense thing that the Vikings run and that a lot of other teams run where they try to put a roof on the defense they don't want to let you do that. But there are still ways that you can kind of try to make that happen and set it up by hitting those underneath and intermediate routes over and over. And then once you get a certain look, take a shot. And you have Justin Jefferson. Like, that is that is the thing. Like, you can – he does not have to be wide open or s- schemed into some completely open look. You can throw the ball deep and give him chances to make plays. And – I think that's just going to be a way for the Vikings to become a more sustainable and efficient offense by uh, not having to dink and dunk seven yards per play the entire time. Okay, uh, let me make a quick suggestion. Is before you go into it, say, I'm pleading with you. Uh, yeah. to just go with the, Because right there, I could feel your, your pleas. I could feel your cries for more deep shots. And I thought, I thought it was very emotionally done. And I think Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, I'm pleading with you. Kirk cousins. I'm pleading with you. (laughs) 
to throw the ball deep and hit some explosive passes. I like or at it. least attempt them. You'll probably hit some of them. Okay, why don't we, Alec, why don't we react to his pleas, and then we can go around the room and bring our own. It's a classic plea reaction. you got to love a plea reaction. Um, no, I mean, I th- it's interesting. Like, the other day, I, I, I went back and watched the film of, of the offense through every single game, and I – I mean, it was a lot to watch Kirk and to watch uh, just how he'd approached downfield passing. Hold the it's, microphone it's, near your face. Sorry. <laughs> and some of his, his passing and his checkdowns. And, and I, I, it's to your point, Will, like it's complicated in the sense that it's so easy, I think, even for me to just watch and be like, throw the ball down the field. There's the protection situation at times. You mentioned the, the defensive stuff. And, I mean, I, I dug into the numbers. They're facing too high coverage on a percentage basis more than any other team in the league other than the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, it's defense are, 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 are defending them deep to short. I think that, that dictates – um, a lot of what we're seeing now, again, that's not to say that Kirk can't be more aggressive. And he even has talked about it in some of these high, low reads. He takes a check down way early rather than kind of forcing the ball to the sideline. Um, so I, 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 I'm with the plea hundred percent. I mean, I, it's more fun to watch. That's why I think the NFL this year as, as it feels like we just look around the league every week, it's like these games are ugly. They're there. It's just not as entertaining. Like I, I always think of that chiefs Rams game that that was just – I mean, you sat there and it was such a joy. There's so little of that, and I think a lot of it is the defense has kind of adapted to some of these offensive developments. So, um, yeah, in the end, a lot of rambling. I'm with your plea. <laughs> More downfield passing uh, would be would be a joy. Okay, I think the plea is correct. Now my question would be uh, how do we execute that? It's sort of like if I – you know, plea with McDonald's to start, you know, bringing in real ribs as opposed to the McRib. If you guys saw that video, they made the McRib exactly how you're supposed to. And Somebody then, got mad. Right. And people were like, oh, it's horrifying. Like, what? What? How did you think they got there? They shipped the pig? Like, do you think they were slaughtering pigs in the back? Like, My favorite quote, too, was like, do you, do you think they're slow cooking the ribs in right, the back? Right, like, that's right. this is McDonald's. Right. They, they have to send it to it's probably what do they got? Like a million stores. They have to send it to a million stores, folks. They can't all buy these giant <laughs> cookers and like have the hog spinning over an open fire. You down, not- you down McDonald's. I don't know. I mean, uh, that, yeah, it's an impressive <laughs> operation. But as a former McDonald's employee in high school, uh, I, th- I thought that the execution of the person who's making it was flawless. They changed their gloves multiple times. They they took it off the grill at the right time as soon as it popped up. Well done. The point is, though, that like they're not capable of having a bunch of pigs that are rotating <laughs> over the open fire. Just like I don't know if the Vikings are capable of doing the things that you're pleading them to do for a few reasons. I mean, one, the pass protection is is a great reason. I mean, this week they're facing Zach Allen and J.J. Watt. That is a mismatch for their interior. That's going to continue to happen throughout the season, that they're still going to get pressure, even if Derisaw and O'Neal are great, up the middle, which is the hardest for Cousins when it's coming up the middle to start pushing the ball downfield. And the other thing is, too, that there's just nobody else to beat people down the field. Adam Thielen is not doing it. It was never really K.J. Osborne's deal. So unless they trade for someone which might be the next plea from somebody to trade for somebody. I I don't really see this changing. I think what they have to do is just accept that if you throw to Justin Jefferson eight-yard passes all the time, he's going to run some of them for 40 yards, and that might be your best option. Yeah, and short of, like, petitioning the league to, you know, 
limit or ban, ban too these, high. these too ban high the looks shift. in the effort of like yeah like juicing the balls in baseball or like something to make the games illegal more exciting. contact I mean, they're trying <laughs> yeah they are they are they are things that they're trying to do to get offense going but yeah i mean short of that you're right i i'm pleading for the vikings to throw deep more i am not trying to make it seem like i'm irrationally asking them to do that every single player every even every single series it's just when you have those opportunities some of it is being a little bit more aggressive from a play calling standpoint about calling it and and trying to beat those two high looks and then some of it is on kirk to actually just take the chances and and i will say that your point is is valid that adam thielen in the year of our lord 2022 is not really beating people downfield if if he is going deep you're just hoping for a pass interference call which we've already seen once this year so yeah, you you make a valid point that it, it is personnel based as well with kind of the reasons they're not doing it a ton right now. Yeah, this is not Christ's 2018th birthday, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is his 2022. Uh, all right, Alec, uh, what would you like to plea? It could be the entire NFL, but uh, or uh, the Vikings. What would you like to plea? Well, I was gonna I was gonna add one more thing, and I, I like ahead. they have talent like like Jalen Rieger in terms of speed, and I, I always think like you hear some of these coaches talk about stretching the field vertically and, and opening up more space. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it would look like if you had Jalen Rieger on the other side and stretch the field to maybe open up more. So in terms of answers to that plea, I, I think they have some some different types of, of receivers that may or may not be able to uh, uh, behoove, uh, enhance things. Um, but we'll see. My plea is more uh, 73-yard punts from Ryan Wright. No, <laughs> no that was, it was funny to listen to today. I think – the plea is just for they need more pass rush. If the coverage is is going to be a little bit as as porous as it has been over these first six weeks, um, I think the pass rush has has to be better, has to be more consistent. I mean, obviously, this recent game against the Miami Dolphins, the pass rush was was, was phenomenal. But Miami did not have Teron Armstead that really helped the situation. I think if you look at the numbers, Zadarius Smith has been pretty phenomenal. Daniel Hunter, we've talked a lot about. I think there's a lot of, of of context behind his situation, but you talk you mentioned trade earlier. I don't know if it'd be possible to to get another pass rusher in here, but I, it would it would I think really behoove them to to add um, that type of uh, of talent that be, can be more consistent and kind of aid the the coverage a little bit. So uh, here's my question: Are you playing with them just to figure out how to do it, or are you playing for? a trade or are you pleading for Ed Donatel to figure out something else? Because I, I could see where there would be sort of like a, uh, let me, let me tack on to your plea and say, <laughs> Ed, you are allowed to tell someone on your team other than the front guys that they can run after the quarterback. And, and the Miami film was interesting because when Skylar Thompson was in there, they did it. And they, they sent Jordan Hicks a couple times. They sent Eric Hendricks. Uh, but how about even pleading with them to send Harrison Smith I mean, I, like Harrison Smith is one of the best blitzers in the NFL, and I believe they've blitzed him one time all season long. And it worked. So, so in, I enhance. I, so here's my question for you, Will: Like, is it a better idea to get another human being who can rush in the front four, or for Ed Donatell to try to send other people on his present squad at the quarterback? I I don't think it has to be an either or situation. I think that bringing in another pass rush. I mean, you can never have too many pass rushers. That is kind of an age-old adage in the NFL. And I think it's true, especially when you look at Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, 
they have stayed healthy so far. Zedarius had one game where he had to play like half of his snaps with a knee thing, but they've both missed time in recent years. And right now, as currently constructed, if either one of those guys had to miss a full game, DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones have looked solid in their roles this year. I would not be confident really in either one to kind of step up and play in a starting role. So I think getting another pass rusher in here, I think that's something that I would be willing to put out there as a plead to the uh, Vikings front office. And there, I mean, there's there are several positions that they could potentially address before this, this Tuesday tra- trade deadline, but I think that's got to be near the top of the consideration. Somebody like a Jerry Hughes from Houston Texans who has still got some life left and is playing on an absolutely terrible team. That could be an interesting one. But I think if I had to choose one, it might just be like the, the more important thing. One guy's not going to change what you're doing. The more important thing might be to, like you said, use the people you have. And Ed Donatel, send some blitzes and, and help out your coverage a little bit by trying to get home. And I know that when you blitz people, you are taking numbers out of coverage. But like blitzing works. I, I watch a lot of football in the NFL, college, and it's like. When when you blitz, it just seems to work a lot, and I it, I know it potentially leaves one on ones, but ideally you do it from in a way that it gets home quick enough, and that quarterback can't go through the progression to find uh, his advantageous matchup. So I would say all for bringing in another pass rusher, but more importantly, because I mean percentage wise, the odds are they don't bring in another pass rusher. Yeah. like they might trade for a corner or a receiver or a tight end or do absolutely nothing. Uh, because they might not actually be that good of a five and one team, but that's a whole different conversation. Like, just blitz more. I mean, I I know that's try. That seems like it's boiling it down to this really simple idea, but I think there's validity to it. Instead of just sitting back, I mean, there's times where that works, but just go after the quarterback and try to force some some sacks and, and turnovers. You know, Will right now has he's a, so good at selling the on. Pl- and is holding the mic and is also like pleading, so he's moving around. And it's like I'm ready for. I you like. To, st- I usually sit down. I, I, I like that yeah. I'm standing up right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say like I, he's just like dropping bars over here. Yeah, you know what? Kind of, you know, like slam poetry. I feel like he's just like hitting. No, it's been been phenomenal. I, I also think with that conversation, another answer might just be more simulated pressures. And for people listening to this, obviously that's lining up a lot of guys on the line of scrimmage, but only bringing four. It's just adding more deception to the picture into the protection that kind of obviously Ed Donatel knows with this defense he wants to keep as many guys in coverage as possible if you want to do that but also aid the pass rush maybe that's adding more simulated pressures and is another answer so I do think there there are numerous avenues here but I'm not I'm not throwing bars like Will so I'll I'll kick it back to you no I mean uh, he's he's really has uh, the the entire look (laughs) Pressures, blitzes, <laughs> footballs. Uh, hey, okay. came out of the bye week, fired up, ready to, lot ready of to talk football. A lot of energy. Um, I, I'm going to make a, a, maybe a different style plea. I want them – I'm going to channel Denny Green here and uh, ask – no, wait, not Denny Green. Uh, Herm Edwards. Herm yeah. Edwards. And I am going to plea with them to play to win the game. And, and, I, and I mean this in, in many different areas. I mean in the trade deadline, if there's an opportunity to play to win the game by trading for a pass rusher, a nickel corner, which we don't talk about a whole lot, but you look at the numbers and that's where everybody's attacking. And hey, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to rip apart the Vikings uh, in their nickel corner position this year or this week. So play to win the game at the trade deadline. 
play to win the game in the actual game where they really have not gone for fourth downs a lot, where they have sort of said, ah, you know, we're going to settle for some of those field goals from 56. There's no reason to kick a 56 yard field goal unless it's a game winner. Go for it. Or it's fourth and 20, which it has been sometimes, but like, go for it. Try to try to get first downs. You have Justin Jefferson. He is unstoppable. You can go for fourth downs when you're in the red zone. Do not kick a 28 yard field goal ever. They go to try to win the game because I know that they did a little half stepping in the offseason and competitive rebuilding and everything else. But you are five and one. And even if this doesn't go well this week, you're five and two. And who is catching you? The Green Bay has no idea what they're doing. And <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers is calling out people. And Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach is going on TV saying Rodgers was wonderful. Like, what is even going on with them? The Bears aren't good. The Lions aren't good. Nobody but the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys has is better than you, like arguably better than you. So play to win the game in any possible way you can, because if you wimp out on this season and then you go into next year, players get older, cap situations get harder, draft picks don't work out, whatever. Like God has laid this out for you. Accept his gift. <laughs> My, brothers. My brothers. My brothers. <laughs> I, I agree with you completely. I think like two things are going on here. The Vikings are five and one, and I still am not, sure if they're actually good and we've been talking about this ever since they were two and one and three and one and four and one and like they just keep finding ways to win games but I'm not sure how much that really matters because look around you it's not just the NFC North which is the Packers are abnormally bad like the entire conference you, you mentioned the Cowboys I think the 49ers are, are frisky now that they traded for Christian McCaffrey and they have a really good defense, but they're three and four. Like you have two, two and a half, three game leads on all these other NFC teams. There's 11 games to play and you have a schedule where you're facing so many terrible quarterbacks the rest of the way. Like Kyler Murray, on, on he hasn't been playing well at all this year, if you look at the stats, by the way, but he's still dangerous. Then you get Taylor Heineke, Vikings legend Taylor Heineke the week after that. Later in the year, they're playing Sam Ellinger, who like, I didn't even think was that good in college. Like, I don't Open know how boards. he's an NFL starting quarterback. It'll be Nick Foles by then. <laughs> yeah, quite po quite possibly. You're right. That's, that's a ways game. down the line. But, like, Zach Wilson has been maybe the worst quarterback in the league this year. You get him later, unless, unless that's Joe Flacco. I don't even know if the Jets actually want to make the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is the— Could be Mac Jones. Could Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi on, on Thanksgiving <laughs> night in, in U.S. Bank Stadium. Is There's going to be— a lot of bad quarterbacks that you can take advantage of and win games and I think this Vikings team has the talent to improve on what we've seen which is usually if you're five and one you say just keep doing what you've been doing I don't think that's sustainable I think they need to improve but I think they can personnel wise folks I'm seeing that liquid death is starting to catch on some of you have even sent me tweets of displays in the store but for those of you who do not understand why there are tall boy cans in the water aisle allow me to introduce you to liquid death water it's a new brand of mountain water and they also have sparkling water options as well you guys would not think that anything could knock me off my diet soda at the top but the sparkling lime from liquid death is delicious and here's the thing liquid death is 
may have a crazy name and crazy logos, but it's really about quenching your thirst in a way that does not include a plastic bottle. The death part is about using aluminum and killing the use of plastic, which is not as recyclable as you would think. Most of the plastic that you try to recycle ends up just being garbage. So Liquid Death is donating 10% of its profits to improve the environment and get rid of plastic forever. Here's my other thing too. Aluminum cans just get colder faster. So give Liquid Death a try and you can always mess with your coworkers or friends because it looks like a beer. It's prank season in October anyway. So have your kids drink a Liquid Death at the Halloween party or something. Go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, 7-Eleven, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash insider. That's liquiddeath.com slash insider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I noticed the other day, and I did a little comparison between the first six weeks of last season and this season in point differential around the league, and it's not even close. Like last year, teams were starting to pull away early, including the teams that ended up in the Super Bowl. They showed very early on that they had the ability to be Super Bowl teams. Cincinnati and Los Angeles were both in the top five, even after six weeks. And a lot of times that's the case, is that early in the season, you can spot who the great teams are, and you look back and you go, you know what, by week six, seven, eight, we really knew. And we do know, except for most of them are in the AFC. And I think three of them are in the AFC and the NFC, the the Vikings are in the top, I think six in point differential at plus 21, which is preposterous. Like in comparison to what you'd usually expect. I think at this time last year, there were six or seven teams over plus 60, which just tells you that even if they're not good, we have to recalibrate like what we determined to be good because in previous years, it was like, okay, well, look, this team right here, this t- I would stay, like die on the hill that they're not as good as a 2019 roster, but it doesn't matter if you're not as good because it really is based on who else you're facing. And I don't believe that they can beat Philly head to head. But I think you got to find out by doing everything you possibly can to get better, no matter what that is. And that also might be putting egos aside. And here's where I want to throw this out there. Like if you have to run Delvin Cook 30 times a game, you run that man. You run, he's done after this year, right? Like you run that guy because I was looking at rushing. Rushing is more successful this year than basically it's ever been for yards per attempt. And the Vikings are pretty much fallen behind. I think they're 25 and uh, 25th in attempts, 4.3 yards per carry. Like you can do better than that with this running back and this run blocking. And if you have to put your ego aside, I'm sure Kevin O'Connell, since the time he this, you know, decided he was going to be a coach was had a little whiteboard. He's drawn up little X's and O's and little post routes and nine, eight nines and scissors and go deep. But if you got to run Dalvin cook, 46 times per game to win because everybody's playing the two deep stuff, then you do that. You put your ego aside and you do everything you possibly can to win, even if it's something that you know isn't what you wanted to do when you got here. 
And he mentioned yesterday when asked about, like, how can the offense improve, be more efficient on early downs, the first thing he he said was feature the run game more. So I think he's very aware of that. I do, for a second, though, want to play devil's advocate to the plea. I like the plea, but but I feel like it's it, – it, I feel like it will be valuable to, to go through the conversation. Considering the point differential and where things stand in the NFC – could you argue that that the variance of this whole thing may I mean you might be worth it, it might be worthwhile not to go crazy and to just allow the variance to play out and it might succeed and you also hold pieces for the future and draft picks etc uh, by playing out the variance I, I I just I think it's interesting to think of, about it the other way because of how random this thing is this year obviously every year but especially this year. Could things go right even without going all in, all in? They definitely shouldn't go all in. This is not the 2021 Rams where, like, screw them picks. We're going to go in the Super Bowl because we have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and all these amazing top three players at their position. And, like, the Vikings don't have that roster. They also don't have, like, that many picks like I'm, I'm so used to Rick Spielman drafts. I was looking at the Vikings' future draft picks, and I'm like, oh yeah, they'll have like nine or ten. They have like six next year because they already traded a fourth to trade up for a Caleb Evans. They traded like a sixth and to get Ross Blacklock and all these different moves. They've given up some picks, so you could make the argument for sure with what we've seen so far from this Vikings team that, like, don't get too crazy now. Like, let's let's, let's stick to the competitive rebuild theory and and strategy that we have said we're in, but. I mean, I just look around the NFC and I see this really clear path for the Vikings to be, if not the number two seed, the three or the four. With They could go like six and five the rest of the way and do that. Then you get a home playoff game. Right. Maybe you get two home playoff games. And then you maybe, maybe you go to Philly for an NFC championship and give yourself a chance to lose by less than 31. Right, let me throw this out there to you in the, in the Rams comparison. And I know Kwesi told USA Today everything he ever thought, including – we don't want to go full Rams uh, and other stuff about the quarterback. So last year at this point through week seven, the Rams were plus 61, which was the fourth best point differential. And they were six and one. Okay. Now I'm going to in one second here, flip that to 2022 and where the Vikings stand uh, and we'll allow it to fetch the results. Okay. Here we are. The Vikings said are plus 21, right? The Vikings are plus 21, which is the seventh best point differential, and they are 5-1. and one. If they were to win this week, they would be still at the top in point differential and a 6-1 and one record, which was where the Rams were. Last year, there was a hot team that everybody thought was going to be the team to beat with a running quarterback, with a sexy young coach and everything else. That was the Arizona Cardinals who faded in the second half of the Seven season. 7-0, right? 7-0, correct. And I'm not saying that Philly's going to do that, but the Rams, when they decided to go all in, were not the best team in the NFL and were basically in the same spot as the Vikings as far as point differential. Where they were also similar is that their quarterback was old and that they really had no future. And this Vikings roster has no future. You look at every position outside of Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw. There is no future. Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen. These are not future players. Kirk Cousins is not a future player. Like, what are you waiting for? What are you competitive rebuilding for? Like, if if you got to say, 
it bleep them picks, then say it. Because I think that after this year, you are in a lot of trouble. And save for the first-round quarterback, which good luck getting one with 11 billion teams needing first-round quarterbacks <laughs> that are going to be ahead of you, like you might have to save that conversation for 2023 anyway. And if you 2024. think... 2024 anyway. And if you think about like Cousins, if Cousins leads them to a 12-win season... I mean, are they like cutting him or trading it? Like probably not, right? So you're 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 kicking that thing down the road by having a good season anyway. I think so even though I don't entirely believe that as in trade a second, third and fourth for yeah. a running back, right. like <laughs> no, like don't do cocaine first, but like <laughs> if there's an opportunity to get somebody great, a Vaughn Miller caliber player, sure. I I would say at this point you just have to take a swing at. It. So would would you would you trade a first or maybe a first and change for like a Bradley Chubb from the Broncos? Cuz that makes a statement to me that you think this team can win a Super Bowl because I I understand your point and I'm with you. Like I I want to see the Vikings they're 5 and 1 capitalize on this this moment the the state of the NFC and and kind of go for it. But there, there are future ramifications to that, and you, you said when there's not much of a future, in order to then build a future, those draft picks are going to be important. So if you don't think that this team can win a Super Bowl, and I look at the Eagles, and I look at whoever you'd theoretically play in the Super Bowl, which would be the Bills or Chiefs, who look like they're playing a different sport than the rest of the league, like I, that's where I get a little bit hesitant to do something like, let me trade a first, or let me trade even let me trade like a second for jerry judy or like just various things like that where um you're just you're mortgaging the future a little bit i don't it's that's why it's a fun debate because hey jerry judy bradley chubb brandon cooks whoever it is that would make the current vikings a lot better but would it make them good enough i'm not sure yeah well you'll never know that i mean at this point in the season because you know last year right. like you said that arizona was seven no like you'll never know that for sure all you know is whether you have a chance or not whether you can increase your chances from 5% to 12% to win the Super Bowl. You never have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. You go in, there's a bunch of other teams, everybody's good, it's random as hell, who knows? But that's actually one of the reasons you do it. I mean, we've sort of been all trained, and, and myself included, to be the front office, big brain, let's trade Alexander Madison for a ninth round pick because future. Like, I, <laughs> I get, and I get that, and I think that if you had done that last offseason I'd be like okay let's just play this thing out because we're competitive rebuilding but they're not they're not so run it till the wheels come off because the wheels are coming off eventually I, I, I do think I mean that's why really this is kind of, it's it's Kwesi's first test really not test but it's an it'll be interesting to see the route that he chooses and I mean he's talked about it before in, in pressers like this is a guy who who was a trader who knew risk and knew reward and had to make decisions off of it. This is this is really like a prime example of like what is the risk? What is the reward? What would a move here mean to that locker room to 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 express belief to guys in there that like we do think this team is is good enough? Doing nothing, what does that say? I, I think there's just there's a lot of elements that that make this pretty fascinating, really. I yeah. like I like that point and I can kind of tell that you or a former baseball writer, because that's such a big thing <laughs> yeah. at the MLB trade deadline. Is like if you're a decent team, like you kind your team is expecting, like, hey, let's get a reliever in here, like let's bring in some help to show that you believe in us. 
And like the twins did that, and then the rele- Jorge Lopez turned terrible. But I'm not gonna talk about <laughs> that's the twins. my guy. Please. Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, it's, just, it's a good point though that like there is some idea of like I wonder if if Viking the Vikings players would look around if if nothing happens and be like, so you don't think we're that good? And I think it's that's less of a thing in the NFL than baseball yeah, by a lot. Yeah. By a lot. But other teams but, are doing it though. But other I, teams are making moves. Trading for Robert Quinn. And uh, I also want to say really quick, I liked your your tweet the other day about how this is like the '90s with like oh very much running games matter and like running backs getting traded like Christian McCaffrey, what? James Robinson, <laughs> like what I thought this was 2022. Anyways, I look go forward ahead. to Christian McCaffrey running for office in 30 years. That's a <laughs> Herschel Walker joke. Ah. Uh, hopefully his platforms are better. Hey oh, so anyway, um, uh, no, I was gonna say when when they said the thing about the competitive rebuild, it was just a hedge. Like, guys, we don't think it's going to be that good this year, but, like, we should be okay. That's what you're really saying when you tell the fans competitive rebuild. It's basically like, it's not really my team, so don't blame me if we go 8-9, and nine, uh, but that's not the case now. So you have to adapt and, and adjust and, and take a shot at your opportunity here. And I also think that, like, it doesn't have to mean that your franchise is blown up for the next 43 years eventually you will have to take a step back. You will have to find a new quarterback. This is based on age and any possible logic regarding paying Kirk Cousins again. So you're going to have to do that eventually where you're going to have to say, we're playing a rookie quarterback this year and there's going to be bumps along the road and you're going to have to be Chicago someday. So for now though, you don't have to think about that day. And, and so that's, I, that, I guess that's my plea as I'm pleading with you to the Vikings. If the opportunity arises, make it happen, take a shot. And uh, I think that the only reason anybody would sort of be against it would be their sort of own, the, the like insecurity about this team in general, which I think is fair. If you're saying, I don't believe that Bradley Chubb will change the result of this thing in the end, then I would say, I, I get that, though, like because I've watched the games like everyone else, and there hasn't been any massive blowouts. But then you look at the point differentials, you're like, well, who is blowing people out? <laughs> the New York Jets are the team that's like equal with the Vikings, and they have no offense in point differential, right? So... Crazy, crazy year. Anybody else want to plead for anything else? I've been playing for a while now. Yeah, no, I. it's in the same vein, but just looking at, I mean, the kind of the trade deadline stuff, some things that maybe were touched on a little bit or not, like position-wise, I would plead with them to, and this, I don't think we've talked about this, like, don't be married to your draft picks. And when I say that, I'm specifically talking about the one rookie that is starting and his name is Ed Ingram. Oh, I agree. And I watched him play against the Miami Dolphins, and he kind of looked like just one of those like turnstile things that you get into like a concert in pass protection. Like it was just, it was not good. He he his balance and his um, technique just seem like they're very far away in pass protection. And I think he could be end up being a really good player. I, it takes a little bit of time for offensive linemen. Sometimes we saw that with. Ezra Cleveland uh, took Garrett Bradbury like four years to become competent, but uh, Edringham's a good run blocker. I would say if you want to make a big upgrade on the offense, go call the Carolina Panthers about Austin Corbett, who played with Kevin O'Connell in in L.A. the last two years and is a really good right guard and would just shore up the interior of your offensive line. I think. I think that could a move like that could go a long way, and I know your Ed Ingram would be like, "Hey, like, what the heck? I've I've been starting all year. Like, I'm a second round pick. Hey, like, this is about this is about right now, and there can't be feelings involved. Like, 
go make an upgrade there. Go make an upgrade at slot cornerback, where Shannon Sullivan's been your defense's worst player. Like you said, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in his first game, which was it was really weird. He lined up in the slot like half the time, which he never does. He's the prototypical X outside receiver. They're probably going to do that, and that is not a, a, a matchup that favors the Vikings at all on Sunday. So I would say look at your weaknesses. Those are your two weaknesses. Maybe go do something about it. Folks, I know you've heard me talk about Soda Stick for a long time now, but I'm telling you, you have to start following them on social media for new, fresh gear they are releasing all the time. Of course, they have the classics like the Moss Moon design and the Metrodome shirts and hoodies, but as the local teams go along in their seasons, Soda Stick is constantly putting out new stuff, whether it's the new Horn State gear or the Vicodontis Rex shirts, lots and lots more from all the Minnesota clubs. Go to SodaStick.com com and follow them at soda stick on twitter that is s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com on twitter and use the code purple insider to get 15 percent off your purchase yeah no i i, I think that's really good stuff i mean the the ed ingram thing you mentioned it's funny because I, like i said i'm going back and watching some of that offensive film it just kind of you're just like the right side, the right side. And, and Wes Phillips, I think, has talked about, like, Brian O'Neill and, and, and I think Kevin O'Connell has too and just how much he's kind of assisted that right side and kept things afloat. And I, I me personally, don't know protectorals enough to really see that as I'm watching film every single play. But I, I, I think you're spot on in those two spots. Like, we've talked about receiver. I have, at least. It's a flashy thing to, to go get. I mean, pass rusher too. It's obviously such an impact position but I mean you mentioned Shannon Sullivan and 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 the struggles I mean I I think about Tyreek Hill in the slot two weeks ago I think about on fourth and five yeah Shannon Sullivan covering him and it's 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 at times it's you can see the hole there and so um I do think if it's like you know what we're adding a piece here that that shores up one of our weaknesses maybe it doesn't take our Super Bowl win percentage from from five to twelve, as you as you mentioned, but maybe it just it, it it balances some of that variance a little bit. And if things fall your way, they they do with an addition like that. So I think, and I, I do expect like Quazy and this personnel staff to really be looking at this thing. I I, I do think whether they do something or not, they're probably going to turn every stone to think about you. Would hope that's the case, um, regardless. And so it'll be again just really interesting to see what they do come up with or or don't. So I'm kind of surprised they haven't traded for someone while we've recorded this. Podcast. Oh, I know. I mean, that would be really on brand. Fully <laughs> expecting, like, right if, after it ends, would be would be good. Traded three first for Brian Burns or something. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is almost likely. We are we are essentially by even doing the podcast, pleading for them to make Tempting that trade. Fate. Tempting fate. Uh, but uh, Tempting you know, the gods on the Ed Ingram issue. Uh, first of all, this was something that was very foreseeable on draft night that they were going to force him into starting when switching positions where a guy had played left guard for three straight years, switch positions, put tomato cans in there to for him to compete with in Jesse Davis. And, and then it would not go well because he's probably not a second round talent. Right. And this is the risk you take. That doesn't mean he has to be horrendous forever. But horrendous is the only way to describe his pass protection right now. Worst in the league in pressures allowed is no different than the Dakota Dozers of the past. 
he just wasn't a draft pick, so fans got mad at him. Uh, but if you watch closely, it's been the same exact story, and he's a better run blocker than Dozier was. I think the answer's right on the roster, and it's Chris Reed. Like that, uh, it blows my mind that he's on the inactive list every week with like five rookies. Right. I mean, Chris Reed has started in the past, and he's been okay. Now, he did get banged up in training camp, so that competition never really came to fruition with him at center or guard. But his history would suggest that he is very close to an average guard, which is not anywhere close to what you're getting at that position now. So if Zach Allen and J.J. Watt rip apart the interior of this offensive line again, I think you have to start considering that. And Reed is also a good run blocker. So it's not like you're losing a ton of run blocking. That was always the anti-Brett Jones uh, thing was like, well, he's a good pass blocker, but he can't reach block or something. Like, which one of those two things are more important? But, uh, you know, I think this is different where Chris Reed – it has to be an upgrade and it sort of comes back to the play to win the game which is if you're playing for your ego because you drafted the guy and you want to be right then you'll keep playing the guy who's struggling if he continues to struggle if you're playing to win the game you'll play the veteran player who has a better chance to be good uh this year is there anything that you guys want to play with before we wrap up for the entire national football league save for better games like Come on, if I'm going to get a bye week and sit home, I want to watch like better than Washington and Green Bay gave us, which was just a nightmare. So is there is there anything aside from that that you want to plea with the NFL? I don't know whose turn it was to plea. Um, was it? I, I'll, I'll hit a little lightning. It's Ragatz's roundtable. Well, and, 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 uh, <laughs> let's, let's get the pronunciation Ragged, right here. From Alabama, what'd you that's expect? True, that's true. From the guy who called Walleye Wally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Is uh, Sorry. No, that's fair. Um yeah, my, my lightning round to the NFL, and this is still going to be a Vikings one, take notice of what Christian Derrissaw is doing. I would say to the entire football-watching public in the league, like, put some respect on, on Christian Derrissaw's name with how well he has been playing. I just think he, he still feels – it feels to me – and I know he's only like six games into his second season, but that dude's been one of the best left tackles in the league this year, and I would say everyone should pay more attention – even Vikings fans, like – just watch 71 when you're watching a game because that dude, and I hope, uh, hopefully I'm not jinxing him here, but that dude has been balling and deserves a lot of uh, a lot of praise as maybe the Vikings' second best player behind Justin Jefferson. I'll stick with you, and I, I want to put some respect on defenses around the NFL. I, I just, I think so. it's like, man, Tom Brady's struggling and Aaron Rodgers is struggling and the, Aaron, Aaron doesn't have receivers and Brady, the, the protection's not great. All, this, all that stuff's true. But I also think defenses have, have just evolved pretty quickly in terms of the de- deception that, that, that they're throwing at offenses. I mean, for so long, five years or what have you, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, I mean, they, they thrived off deceptive offenses that marry the run in the pass. And now it feels like defenses are decept- deceptively Punching playing. Punching back. Yeah. yeah. And it's happened pretty quick. And so I, I just think, I mean, guys like Ajiro Evero in, in Denver deserves a lot of credit. I mean, I, I, across the league, Leslie Frazier in Buffalo has done a hell of a job. They have personnel to, to do a hell of a job. But I, I, I just think – it's I get caught up even too as I'm watching game on Sunday. I'm like, good lord, would somebody please score? But if I'm really paying attention, it's like, good lord, defenses are really doing a great job. And so I I, I just think it's it's hard to remind ourselves. Well, I like that. And a reminder to the NFL, you are allowed to hire black coaches. So there's quite a few of the D'Amico defensive Ryan's. minds. D'Amico Bingo. Mayan. 
Roll uh, Tide. Ryan's a great one. But also, I mean, Les Frazier, like, what did that guy do wrong to not get another opportunity uh, other than just be, you know, Sean McDermott's right-hand man, and McDermott gets a lot of the attention. Uh, mine would just be to the Will Levis's, Bryce Young's, Anthony Richardson's, CJ Stroud's, please don't be busts. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, there's just so much bad quarterback play. Like, there has been what? I mean, how many straight draft classes that have barely produced a thing? I mean, we've gotten Justin Herbert in recent years. Uh, we're sort of too far past, like, Mahomes and Allen. Like, of course, those guys are basically legends at this point. Like, they're they're on that trajectory. But after those guys, Burrow's, I mean, we have – Burrow's good. Bur yeah, for sure, Burrow. Tua, After that, we, no, 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 we cannot say <laughs> not not yet on Tua. I don't think Tua is going to be a bad quarterback, but is he like a Kirk at best? Yeah. Probably. I mean, this next wave, this draft class has amazing athletes with huge arms that can take the spots of the Brady, the Rodgers, the Breeze, the Roethlisberger, or at least I hope so, because they're exciting to watch on Saturdays and I just can't take much more Andy Dalton in my life. I mean, like th there's just like that draft class with Fields and Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson. Is anyone good? I mean, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, like I was expecting much more from Trevor Lawrence this year than just mediocrity. But that draft class that had so much hype has produced essentially nothing. And uh, I'm just like, here's to the next draft class. Please return us to an era of greatness with quarterback play, because right now this is not it. So, yes, credit to the defenses. But when you have quarterbacks that half the league is running Marcus Mariota's out there, I mean, it's just not great. The Mitch Trubisky's. The funniest thing to me is the Colts where they're like, all right, Philip Rivers. All right, Carson Wentz. All right, what about Matt Ryan? And then they bench him seven games. In, like, figure it out, guys. But Right, you mean picking, like, picking quarterbacks that someone else is getting rid of? Just, is like, like, the scrap heap. Right, like, yeah. just, just be bad and, like, try to draft one. Like, maybe they'll be bad. But maybe that's the thing is that, like, the teams that have done this, and I'm sure people will be like, this is why they keep Kirk. Like, okay, fine. But, like, it's just a, a run of bad luck. Uh, there has been a run of, of bad luck in recent years with the draft classes. And then this year produced one first round quarterback. Uh, I think that it comes in waves and maybe the next wave is here. And I am pleading with these quarterbacks, CJ Stroud. I'm going to plead with you right now. Just because you went to Ohio state doesn't mean you have to be a bust. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's no correlation. What a troll. There's no correlation. Hey, Justin Fields looked good on Monday. Night. He did. <laughs> Okay, okay, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. I don't know what time we're at, or if you had anything else to say. But should we really, yeah. quick do a Cardinals prediction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What let's we, uh, let's what do we Well, uh, you have to do it in plea form. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, that I don't really know how I'm going to make that happen. Um, Just plea for your prediction okay. to be right. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. I, the thing is, I've picked the Vikings in four straight weeks now, and they have won four straight games. I, this this will be unpopular, but I have a weird feeling the Vikings are going to lose this game uh, because I think the Cardinals are just such an entirely different offense with DeAndre Hopkins. And for all the praise that Patrick Peterson has gotten recently, and he's played well, like he's he's old, and I mean, so is DeAndre Hopkins to be fair. But I think this Cardinals offense is just is just different with with Hopkins in there. I think Kyler Murray is going to pose problems. I think their defensive front with Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden. Could, could pose some issues for the interior. Uh, and just, like, the whole post-buy thing, like, it just feels like, to me, sometimes teams come out flat after that. Uh, 
and I don't know if that's actually a thing rooted in in fact, but um, I'm going to. I'm not going to plead that the Vikings lose the game. I'm just that's that is <laughs> that is my prediction. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I, I I totally understand the prediction. It's funny because I think they played the Bears at home a few weeks ago, and and I think like I explained the whole situation. The Bears have not been good. Justin Fields has not been good. The Vikings should win this game. And then the prediction was like a two-point win. And there was a commenter who was like, how could you say all that? And it's like, that's how I feel every single week. Because they're the Vikings. Right. Now, (laughs) just in general with the NFL this year. And, yeah, I mean, all these Viking games have been close. But I think because they're at home, I'll say they win the game. I I do think, to your point, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be an absolute problem in the game. Um, but I, I, Arizona's defense as a whole just doesn't really put much fear in me, and I, I do think the Vikings will come out with some some different wrinkles. So I, I think they'll win a close game, shockingly, uh, for the first time in to, uh, a, a week. So yeah. Well, I'm going to plead with the football gods to keep my streak alive of correctly picking Vikings games because I've I've never had this happen before of picking six in a row. Correct. I'm, I'm, we're both. Right, we're we've both we've made the same picks every time. Sorry, so, are you diverging from me? Yeah, we'll, you... we'll diverge so somebody's right and okay. somebody's wrong. And I will say that the Vikings also win a close game here. Home field advantage is a big deal. And I also think that Cliff Kingsbury is just not that great his job. And so I never I never want to put like the chips on that table with Cliff Kingsbury or on those cards or whatever the metaphor would be. Uh, none of my money is going on Cliff Kingsbury is the point, because I just don't believe in him as a coach. And I think that Arizona is as mediocre as it comes. And the Vikings have an argument to be that, too. But I think that they're a little bit better and are at home. I think that that uh, will be difficult for Kyler Murray. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. This is a this is a more difficult one to pick than a usual five and one versus three and four based on who these teams actually are and who they are right now. But also real quick. The injury report is pretty significant in its difference. Yeah. I mean, Arizona's got a lot of injuries, a lot of offensive line their injuries. Their whole left side of their offensive line didn't practice on It's Wednesday. just crazy when you see these injury, these Vikings injury reports every week. And it, you see it, and they like we get the document, and it's literally like one little bar for the right. Vikings. Right. And then the other team is just – and it's – I mean, it's been part of the reason they're 5-1, and one, but it's crazy. Tyler Williams. Point. And Uriah. Tyler and Uriah, <laughs> Tyler the country Uriah. band. My brothers in Christ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, this was great. I really enjoyed uh, this pleading Raggets roundtable. We will have to bring that back. Raggets. Uh, Good uh, pronunciation. Alec Lewis, I don't know what your Twitter is. It's, <laughs> you don't need it's to just, know. Is okay. it just Alec Lewis? Alec, Alec Lewis. underscore Lewis, yep. With a C, Alec. Yep. Okay. You got and, it. And uh, you know Will. And yep. we'll catch you all later. We'll see what happens.